Hey guys, welcome back to Raw Influence. This is episode 11 and we've got some crazy stories that are coming up over the next few podcasts. So make sure you stay tuned with Raw Influence. So I just want to say a big shout out to Yeti Casters and Blue Mics for their sponsorship for these lovely mics that we use every single time on our podcast. So a big thank you to those guys. So I'm joined with a co-host isn't Raj today. The co-host today is Adrian, is the mindset coach here at Samuel Co Trading. And we have some exciting guests, both Mara and Stephen Klemich, Heartstyle founders. And these guys have been up to some very exciting stuff that we're going to find out um, on this episode. They're a husband and wife duo who have dedicated their professional lives to understanding how we can harness our minds and tap into the best of our hearts. The heart style indicator, academically validated tool they created to measure thinking and behaviors. They helped individuals, teams and organizations such as KFC, who we absolutely love, and Pizza Hut <laughs> all over the world to unlock their potential. Welcome, guys. How are you? Yeah, good. very good. Thank Thanks. You. Thanks for having us. And I hope we can add value to your listeners and have a great time together. Oh, I'm sure yeah. we can. And the mindset side of things here at Samuel Co. is a, is a big, um, big kind of aspect to us. Um, it's one of those things that makes a big difference with financial trading and hitting the markets and making sure that we're on the, the kind of right side of the path when we turn up to work and um, go out and perform. Now, what I do is with my guests, I try to not do any research into you guys at all so that i'm you know i'm genuinely shocked when i hear what you guys have got to say so tell tell us a bit more what is the heart style indicator what what, what is that oh, i knew you'd ask me to say that <laughs> <sighs> what is the heart style indicator it's a framework to help people um get a, a bit of an idea around why we do the things we do because we've realized over quite a, a few years. I'd love to say that we started it when, when I was 12, you know, because that doesn't make me as old as I am, but <laughs> I'm a lot older. Um, we spent a lot of years uh, working with people and we began to notice that a lot of times, uh, and ourselves too, you think that your good intentions are actually being communicated to other people in the way that you think that they will be. But what can happen is that our behaviour can be manifested through the filter of our own defensiveness at times, our own coping strategies. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times because we think that's just the way I am, you don't realise that the way your good intention is coming out in behaviour is not actually as positive mm. and the impact and impression that it creates on other people and how they experience you can be actually quite different and can lead to all sorts of problems. So the Heart Styles Indicator is basically for principles that we've researched that we've come to see are universal across cultures and basically it looks at how we are when we're secure in ourselves we can be operating out of courageous humility and growth-driven love so developing ourselves and then helping others develop or if we're not as, as secure in ourselves as we want to be we can resort to all sorts of coping strategies that are based on ego-driven pride okay. and self-limiting fear. So we've basically built quite simply a four-quadrant model that um, goes into the different types of behaviour that sit within each of those areas to help people kind of get a framework for like, where am I at and what's happening for me? Mm, that's interesting, isn't it? 
I mean, that kind of, I'm probably completely, I probably might be wrong here, but it's, I, so basically when you're, it's how it's received and how it's, how you perceive that that message was sent and it's that communication in the middle. Is that kind of right? With the aspects of how, how that's delivered and the intention of what you was trying to get across. I mean, in life, we all get up in the morning with good intentions. So if you're a leader, parent, a partner, a trader, whatever you're doing in life, we get up with good intentions. But it only takes a little bit of fear to come in and all of a sudden we we start to create behaviours based on that fear. So do I self-protect? Do I hold back? Do I sit in the corner? Do I say nothing? And the, the fear starts to take over. from, And that's why we, we're called heart style. So our style of behavior comes from the fear that sits in our heart. Yeah. Now, the way to combat fear is often pride. I will self-promote. And you see the behaviors shift from passive fear to aggressive pride. And people go out there and start to use behaviors that might drive results they might make change but they don't enhance the environment around us they don't enhance relationships they don't enhance people and ultimately they don't enhance the person people get stressed people to work life balance goes out the window because you're driven by self-promote 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 so self-protect self-promote self-protect self-promote based on fear and pride negative pride there's positive pride, but at the moment we're talking about the negative pride, the ego. And I have to prove myself. I have to be perfect. I have to drive, drive, drive. And we see in our, our life, our business life, sporting. Yeah. You know, mm. You've only got to have an argument with your, your loved one. And it's like fear and pride creeps in. You'd say, yeah, where are the car keys? I don't know. Where, where you know, and when you go from where are the car keys? You had them last. No, you had them last. And all of a sudden, we're in a, an yeah, argument. Yeah, yeah. Of course, that's because never we're, actually we're, happened to us. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're blaming each ego. other and you've yeah. both gone to ego-driven pride, having an argument. Who lost the car keys? We're going to be late for the meeting. We're going to be late for this, for the concert or something. Because, And all of a sudden, the behaviours have gone south. Yeah. Now, that's what we've very easily called below-the-line behaviour. Okay. And it's perfectly normal. Because it's fear and pride, fear and pride, fear. And a lot of our world operates on our, on that paradigm. People are blind to it. And you look at their relationships, you look at organisational culture, leadership, as I said, parenting, and they're blind to it. So what's the opposite to that? Now, the opposite to that is what we call courageous humility. Can I have, to, I have two ears and one mouth? Do I listen? Do, am I driving results but listening to others and listening to other people's ideas and connecting with others? And that changes the atmosphere. And if you're a big leader, a parent, a partner, whatever, if you're saying, well, where are the car keys? And going, well, I don't know. And you're coming from humility. You're going to be calmer and come from a much more cooperative space. Yeah. So that's the courageous humility the other value that this is based on, the heart styles indicator, is growth-driven love. Now, um, it, we, when we were doing our research, because it took us 18 years' work to develop this thing. Wow. And when we were doing our research, we, we were running a leadership program in Switzerland, and we had this incredible diverse group of people. 
from and all sorts of values, all sorts of beliefs coming from every different belief you could imagine. And we started to talk about these four principles, humility, love, pride and fear. And everybody agreed. We had we had people who are uh, atheists and Christians and Buddhists and Hindus and Muslim and and we had a, such a diverse group of people that we all said that you know what our behaviour comes from these four principles, and that's where we've been able to help so many people from the CEO to the front line. You mentioned KFC, they're a great client across the globe. Um, and fantastic climb. You know, the one, one million people work for that brand. Wow. We call KFC kindness, forgiveness, compassion. <laughs> <laughs> and if there's more kindness, forgiveness, compassion on the world, wouldn't you know, we, we have a better world? So, and what they've done is they've taken this from the CEOs across the globe, 27 languages, 120 nations, and through to the front line to help people understand how to do life. Yeah. And if they're doing life, they come to work happier, they come to work more engaged. So they how, come how, they, work. how do they do that? How do they implement that? So you, you give them the framework. Where, where, do they, where do they go from there with that framework? Well, we've written a course for them called okay. Leading with Heart. Okay. And we've accredited internal facilitators and you know, it's very sort of, when I say mechanical, we've got this thing called measure, MAC, P, measure, activate, cultivate. So they measure with doing the heart styles indicator. Each individual gets to do it and have those results personal to themselves. Yeah. Then we activate this leading with heart program. And you know what's, be- what's great? When you've got people who used to run restaurants now accredited on how to deliver leading with heart, they're, they're more engaging than us guys because we're too much psychobabble. These guys are at the front line and saying, this is how it affects you as a person and, and engages you as back at home and it engages you in the brand and the customer. Yeah. And it's unlocking potential. It's, it's giving people a compass for life. They've actually called it a compass for life. So they measure, they activate, and then they cultivate and they coach their people in their restaurants, they come in and they, they're not just taught how to cook chicken and serve the customer, they're coached on their personal life. Wow. And all based on the Heart Styles framework and the Heart Styles language, because we're all singing from the same hymn sheet with the Heart Styles lingo. And it's just absolutely remarkable seeing what it's doing for people who have come from very diverse backgrounds. Like some of them are very broken mm, yeah. backgrounds. And they get heart stars and it engages them in life. Yeah. And when, when, and when we're unlocking that potential for people, and, you know, some people end up leaving the business. They go and do a university degree they never thought they'd be able to do. And KFC are incredible like that, but they've also prepared to promote people right through their business. So heart styles, we're saying the style of your life actually comes from your heart. Yeah. You process it in your head. If your heart's living out of fear and pride, fear and pride, your brain will tell you to behave certain ways, self-promote, self-protect. Whereas if your heart attitude can change, your character can develop. When your character develops and becomes stronger through courageous humility and growth-driven love, love of self, love of others, 
not ego love, but, you know, respecting myself, valuing myself, knowing I've got purpose and meaning. And when you're instilling that into people's lives, their behavior changes. Mm. It's incredible, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Their, their life changes. So this, this is the story that everyone on the planet wants to have better, a better life, better relationships, more effective leader if you're a leader, or work for a more effective leader. And when you're working with organisations, which we do, if you, if you accumulate all of that, you've got a culture. So you put three people in a room and you've got a culture. Put 3,000 people in a room in yeah. business, you've got a culture. Now, if we're all operating out of fear and pride, it's yeah. not going to be a very healthy, it's toxic culture, which what we see a lot. But when the leaders and everybody in the business, not just the leaders, but everybody in the business starts to say, let's operate now above the line, below the line, fear and pride, above the line, courageous humility, which is I'm going to grow myself and grow others. When you're operating above the line, it shifts behavior, it shifts culture, it shifts thinking. That's a pretty cool place to work. Yeah. Sure. It's a, it's a great thing you're doing. I, I, I totally agree with you. Um, I've got different aspects to that. Um, why do you think people are in the head more than the heart? <laughs> well, well this, is, this is a great question. Because <laughs> Mara, Mara is the clinical neuropsychologist, right? <laughs> so like, what we're going to say now is going to upset the, the clinical neuropsychology world. Uh, <laughs> like you know, it, it's, it's, it's an end, isn't it, Adrian? Yeah. Like, it's head and heart. But I think we've just seen the heart as a pump for sure. blood. But look at the sayings we've had for decades. That person's spoke from the heart. Mm. You know, that person's got their heart out. That person's lost heart. Like for decades we've used yeah. these expressions of the heart. You know, that person's got a broken heart. Sure. And we've actually realised that um, the heart feels. When you feel fear. It's got its own brain. Yeah. Now, that's, that's what science is proving now. Yeah, it's got 40,000 neurons. It has its own brain. Mm. But the heart is the first organ to develop. People think it's the brain that dictates the body gets built, and it's, in fact, the heart that actually causes the brain. The, the, the heart kicks in about three weeks from conception, and I think the brain starts to engage six to seven weeks. Yeah. So as more information goes from the heart to the brain yeah. via pressure waves, electrical, electromagnetic fields, yep. then goes from the brain down to the heart. Isn't that incredible what oh, science yeah, has, has found? Absolutely. And our magnetic energy from the hearts, thousands times more powerful than that yeah, of the brain. It's about 5,000 times more powerful and it spreads between yeah. five to eight feet-ish. Mm, it's amazing, isn't it? Depends, the which fact you can that actually can measure expand and, and contract depending mm. on your emotion. Mm. Yeah. Now, of course, the brain stores, as is Mara's expertise, what we call the triggers, the templates, and the truth, which is our brain is storing loads and loads and loads of messages from the heart, from the senses. Yeah. And where, where does all that get stored? It gets stored in a filing cabinet called the brain. And that's where you know, Mara can talk about what we call the triggers, the templates, and the truth. Mm. So, Yeah, I think maybe to continue to answer that wonderful question that you asked uh, why does it we operate in our head rather than our heart I think um, I think that's an interesting term in itself um, the a, is, wasn't it? yeah, yeah that's right. that's, this is a, a red wine discussion I think. <laughs> yeah. 
well, most of the listeners can probably have their own red wine discussion. Um, so there's a part of our brain that uh, we call our control tower, and that's it's can be known as the neocortex, the newer mm. part of the brain, the yeah. logic, the logic and analysis center. And it's one of our greatest strengths. Sure. But it's also, I think, one of our greatest limiters because in that exact same place that analyzes and has logic and does all of these wonderful things, it's also the place that creates strategies of how we live. And those strategies can be positive strategies, as in what we would call above-the-line strategies, sure. as in living from authenticity and character, our strong strength of character. But it can also form strategies that are called coping and defence strategies. Mm-hmm. And therefore, our control tower is the part of our brain that actually wants to help us. It actually wants to protect us. So it can create these strategies that blind us to what's really going on to try to protect us from pain. And so I think a lot of times people live in their heads, A, because it's safer, B, um, you don't actually realise if you've been doing it long enough, and usually these coping strategies, as Adrian, you would well know, start out when you're quite young, Mm -hmm. and they've probably got a use-by date of two seconds to protect you at the time, but because they seem to work, we just keep repeating them. And they become like this coat of armour that we put on sure. that we think is, is the best of us because it's the only way we know how to, how to be. And so we trap ourselves in this sort of fortress of, or prison, I suppose, of our logic and thinking um, and get stuck here because we fear that if we go down to, to our heart, it's going to unleash some kind of horrible Pandora's box that will be illogical, it'll be too much feeling it'll be something that might be dangerous to us, make us overly vulnerable. So I think for people to start to get to know that your heart is actually, you know, as you're saying, it's, it's actually a really not just a, an organ, it carries an enormous amount of intuitive ability and sure. truth mm. um, that I think these days people are slowly waking up to. Um, I think when you look at society these days people are starting to say well we don't actually want false stuff we we want truth we want authenticity um a lot of things that you're doing sam you know this really sure great i think it's also our culture i think it's because everything you go to school you learn you're all in the head it's all book work it's all exams it's all tests (laughs) and that's how you'll gauge you're not taught to go into your heart because you've got to be seen to be one of the group you've got to be part of um the the people around you you form like a community and if you're not with them then there's something wrong with you you're in the corner there do you mean you cry and you whip? Grow up, man up, grow a pair of kahunas. It's that sort of type of mentality. Mm. And so people have to be strong-willed and they, they, they think with their head, whereas women tend to be emotional, more emotional and come from the heart. And so men are perceived as you've got to be strong, you've got to be, you've got to be the breadwinner. You know, those yeah. days are gone now. Yeah. But it's that mentality mm-hmm. that forces you to make those decisions. And I call these coping mechanisms programs. You program from childhood. The majority yep. of your core life beliefs are created before you reach the age of six. Mm. And so because you don't know anything else, right. they become 
the books on the library shelf yeah. that create the beliefs. Mm-hmm. And then they become the coping mechanism. They get triggered through your five senses mm-hmm. in order to deal with whatever's going mm-hmm. on around you at any particular time. Yep. Whether that's beneficial or not, that's the way you've created those dyna- excuse me, those dynamics. And sometimes they don't fit into the real world, uh, and sometimes they do. But I, from the work I do, we have, again, we, t- we have two extremes with the brain. We have pain and pleasure. Mm-hmm. If it's painful, we end up with filters being put across mm-hmm. that block you from seeing something that's obvious or feeling something yeah. with the perception that it's bad. And, and we move towards things that are pleasurable. Um, but the coping mechanisms, be they good or bad, whether you call it ego or not, I believe come also from where you're born your childhood, the, the family, where you're born, the country. I mean, when we deal with the traders here, and I say to them, the traders have a, a limiting belief on how much they can earn in life. And they go, what? Because they think they deserve to make as much money as they can, and they're willing to receive that money. Mm. When you test them, they're not. And you find out where they're born. Well, if London, you could go to Kensington, mm. Chelsea, a rich affluent area, where people have four by fours and money's no problem. You go to the East End of London, which is, I'm not slating London, but culturally there's less work there. People are more deprived. So the chances of getting a job, earning good money, they've got to move out of the area. And so in their head, life's difficult, life's hard. It's a struggle. So you end up with more crime or violence, that type of thing. We have a North-South divide. North, it's poor. South, it's rich. Well, yeah, we got rid of the coal mines, we got rid of the steelworks because of Brexit. Now we're talking about uh, car manufacturers moving into Europe. So, yeah, there's more people unemployed. So their perception of money. I think a safe point there just was just say, except for Jaguar. Except for Jaguar. <laughs> yeah, well, like I said, there's always <laughs> yeah. keep them in there. But, but yeah, people yeah. people create these yeah. beliefs, yeah. and then yeah. the beliefs operate yes. at yeah. an unconscious yes. level when That's they're right. triggered. But what you're doing is. I'm, I'm not going to, the word that came to me was sort of life coaching. It's not a word I would use and it's not a way I'd describe your work. But until people understand how they are reacting and responding mm, sure. to people, the situation, the environment, they will keep doing it until you say, do you know, if you act this way, you'll get that result. And if you do that, it's making people aware yeah. of what they're doing is not necessary as beneficial as it could be. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but it's not as beneficial and you won't get the same results no. if you, unless you do it this way, you know, which yeah. I totally agree with. Yeah, you know? that's yeah. great. So, Adrian, one of, the, one of the things we've noticed in the last 30-plus years we've been doing this and teaching this is if you're from the north or the south, the rich or the poor, mm-hmm. the, the black or the white, the, the whatever, these principles are universal. Yeah. And what we've been able to send, if I can give you an example, one of our team goes into the heart of Africa working with village chiefs and all he's got, got no PowerPoints or computers, all he's got is dirt. Yeah. And he draws these four quadrants in the dirt and gets these village chiefs through an interpreter to stand in the four quadrants, humility, love, pride and fear. Mm. And so what are the behaviours you see in your village, in your villages, when you operate from these principles, 
Now, to the extreme, they go and kill someone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, and, and like, so here they are, here we are in uh, uh, Africa with village chiefs, and I can go to the richest of the richest or the you know, most powerful of CEOs or to the frontline worker from the north or south. And the amazing thing is, is these principles are universal. So when you understand where behavior comes from, why we behave the way we behave, we can then have an informative choice of, of operating or behaving above or below the line. Sure. So what we did then is we researched what are the, the four common behaviors, obviously there could be 44, but what are the four common behaviors that come from fear? So that's avoidance, approval seeking, Dependent, yes, sir, no, sir, three bags full, sir, whatever you tell me to do, I just do it because I'm coming from fear. I'm self-protecting. I'll be an approval seeker. I'll suck up to people. I just I just keep myself safe. Yeah. What are the four sort of behaviours that come from this ego-driven pride? And this is where we want to control everything, striving and perfectionism, prove myself with unhealthy competitive. There's healthy competitive, but we're talking about unhealthy competitive to the point of cheating or drug taking or something yeah. like that. And and sarcasm or or superiority of intellect. I'm smarter than you. And and these behaviors, although I'm sounding quite negative towards them, they're quite common. Sure. Because if if you, you we just gotta go out in the street and see see these behaviors. And if you line up 20 people up in the street and ask them, what do you think below the line behavior is? And they know nothing about this discussion. Mm. They can pretty much tell you it's greed, it's bullying, it's people just sucking up to somebody else, and they can pretty much tell you. But what we did is we researched four behaviours driven out of fear and four behaviours driven out of pride. So what are the behaviours that are positive, out of courageous humility? And that starts with authenticity. Am I authentic? Am I the real deal? As Aussies would say, am I fair income? And um, goodness me, Aussie's living in London. Oh, God forbid if I'm going for the English cricket team. (laughs) (laughs) But are you um, are you authentic? And are you transforming? Are you developing yourself? Even if you're you're the CEO, are you on a journey of continuous development? And are you an achievement driven person? This is what we call healthy competitive. I'm a high achiever, but I come from I want we, not me. We to win. I want others to win. I want to give back. We want to. We want to win the gold medal, but I'm also going to clap people, uh, you know, for having a go. Yeah. And am I reliable? Is my word my word? Because people who come from humility, they don't overpromise and underdeliver. They're, they're the, and these are the four behaviours that we looked at that come out of courageous humility. They drive results, but in a humble, authentic way. So what are the behaviours that come out of growth-driven love? Well, that's that all about others, to encourage others, to develop others, to have compassion for others. So compassion is one of the behaviours because we're such a judgmental world. Yeah. Sure. And you know, judgment is just ego. Now, if I can make you look bad, I look good. If I can judge you and point out flaws in you, it's just actually feeding my, my need for superiority. Sure. So this is where, um, and you know, it, it does manifest from the heart. The behaviours are what we see. The, the brain is analysing all of this information that's coming from our heart and our senses. So that's why we went back to why do we behave the way we do? 
And if I'm if I'm feeling that I'm and I'm seeing my behaviour is below the line, I've got to ask myself why. What's the trigger? What's the template that I've got? So you know, triggers and templates that we were going to talk about. We got off track there. But, you, know, you can just imagine two people walking through Hyde Park and the you know big Alsatian dog runs towards them, and one person wants to pat the dog. Mm. Yeah, and one person wants to run away from the dog. I've experienced that daily. I've got a Siberian Husky that's like 35 kilos. And he's a big fluff ball and doesn't want to do anything. But he goes down on all fours like he's hunting. And <laughs> he's not. Oh, no. And he does it to people. But it's him. But it's actually uh, submissive as a Husky yeah. to go down. And you know, like how you see a lion creeping yeah. up. And that's yeah, yeah. what he does. And it looks like he's going for the kill. But he's not. He's getting ready for them to come and stroke him so that he, he's like wagging his tail and everything. But everyone's like, oh, let me cross the road. That's so interesting. Yeah. It? Well, I had no idea you had to ask him, but yeah. this is a great example. <laughs> yeah. Because you've got some people who want to pat the dog, probably because they had, have had good experiences with dogs. They yeah. might have got a dog when they were five and they've always had dogs and sure. they just want to keep patting the dog. Then you've got other people going, whoa, this, you know, this dog's hunting. Yeah. And... And, go for and if you've had a bad experience with a dog, sure. so here are these templates that are sitting in the brain, dogs are friendly or dogs bite, yeah. right? To same situation, but it could have completely opposite reactions from people. But what actually underpins that is from the heart. I love dogs or I'm scared of dogs. Yeah. So the heart has got a memory going, oh, you know, if dogs are friendly, the brain has analysed it the behaviour comes out. So we call that S plus T equals B. A situation, yeah. your husky dog is in the park, yeah. triggers thinking, the T, triggers truth, because I might have a truth that dogs bite. Yeah, you might based have, on your memories, right? You might have a truth that dogs are friendly. It's programming. Yeah, yeah, so you, you, your templates yeah. are called yeah. programming. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Exactly. And it's all programmed. So the situation trigger and then out of that manifests behaviour. Yeah. Sure. So we look at the behaviour and if we look at the behaviours that we've got in our relationships as a leader, uh, you know, the way we play sport, if I'm just in it for me, 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 me as a sports sure. person, you're not going to be the respected person on the team. Yeah. If I'm playing for we, even though I'm a gifted champion, mm. You're going to build a team culture, aren't you? Sure. Yeah. So it's just incredible understanding these four principles, the behaviours that manifest from it, and the triggers and templates. And some of those templates in people's minds and hearts are a lie. The biggest liar on the planet is your neocortex, your logical brain. Yeah. Because if you've been told you're not good enough, if you've been told you'll never amount to anything, your brain says, well, I'm going to prove myself. I've got to be better. And it starts lying to you and you start using ego-driven pride behaviours, trying to prove and prove and prove. And like, you know, we've seen so many examples, haven't we, in life, in famous people, unfortunately, and yeah. sports people, taking drugs and doing all sorts of things. If you look into their background, you look into their heart, mm. somewhere they've been told they're not good enough. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And they're trying to prove themselves. Yeah. And they've got a template, and that truth is a lie. So how do we get people to grow their hearts? And we call that finding the gold in your heart, the good and the gold in your heart. And when we start to help people find the good, the gold in their heart, 
they can start stretching and developing their character and living above the line. It's, again, it's getting out of your head and into your body, into mm. your heart. Yeah. The, the, the head overrules everything. I mean, you call them templates, I call it programming. If you have enough experiences, and this is why I say when we talk about traders, where money comes from, if parents don't give you the money, it's, well, and, and we use it in the language, as you mentioned, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. Mm -hmm. You can't have your cake and eat it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I just don't have all this money. It's then we're poor. Yeah. Then I'm not good enough. Nobody loves me. I don't deserve. And that builds the belief system. Yeah, it's so true. Uh, and, and then you act that out mm -hmm. in life because that's what you've always had and that's what you're always going to get. So I think people... Um, where was I going to go? Because there's so much sort of you were saying. I well, if I can, <laughs> while you're searching for that, because you're talking about the heart, we've, what we've described in the book is the heart's got all this gold in it. Yeah. There's gold in them, their hills. There's yeah. always gold in people's hearts. But when you go looking for gold, if you've ever gone gold panning, mm. you go gold panning on the bends of the river. You never look on the straight, you look no, in the bends. Yeah. Because that's where all the silt's gathered. Yeah. That's where all down. the gold's gathered. So to find that their, their gold, you've got to get past the silt of life. Mm -hmm. And for some people, that silt of life has been told, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough. Yep. So we've described it in the book as two areas that are silt. Attack on or lack of. So a lack of love, a lack of education, a lack of self-belief, or attack on. People have been bullied, made yeah. fun of. Um, their self-esteem has been attacked or lack of. And that's the silt yeah. around the gold. So what we help people do on a Leading with Heart program, and hopefully when they read the book, is discover, help them discover what that silt is. What's the lack of? Now, in my, my personal story is my dad died when I was one. Mm -hmm. So I grew up without a father figure. I had a massive father void. And I had a lack of. Then I grew up with dyslexic and a hearing disability. So it wasn't school fun. Yeah. Mm. School was hilarious. Just make fun of this guy. So I had this, this lack of void from my dad. I had this wound and, and attack on from everyone making fun of me. So my teenage years, I was a, I was a shipwreck. I was just a yeah. you know, car crash. And when I was 19, I read a book. When I was 19, I read a book that changed my life. And probably every man, woman and child's heard of the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yeah. By Dale Carnegie. Carnegie. I've read it. It's got my, yeah. I've and, got yeah. it in my office. And like when I was 19, that flicked a switch in me. That flicked a switch and I started to find my gold because I was just living out of the voids and wounds. Yeah. I was living out of all of the silk. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I had no father figure. I was all over the place. So that's a coping mechanism, isn't it? It is. It's, it ends up as a comfort zone mm. because our programming creates it because we have the two extremes, pain and pleasure. So we find a way to cope in that scenario. Yeah. And the subconscious likes regularity, likes familiarity. It likes regularity. And so if you get out of that, mm -hmm. you become uncomfortable. Yeah. And so it drops you back into it. So Even if it's painful. 
Yeah, especially <laughs> for the extreme yeah. pain. Then we have the filters come in yeah. and we drop back in. This is why people who win the lottery, yeah. unless they get advice on how to invest it, lose it within five years. That's right. Yeah. Because it's outside of their coping yeah. mechanism. Yeah. Yeah. They, they think it's a bottomless pit. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. going to buy a house. I'm going to buy a car. I'm going on holiday. Yeah. And the money just keeps going out and they don't do anything with it because it's outside of their psyche. They just mm. don't understand what to do with money yeah. except spending, you know? It's true. That's when I, when I started trading, um, that breakthrough for me was um, I was so bad at trading. I was so bad, but I was so determined. I was so bad, and I would stay up until like midnight at night watching the markets and trying to trade. And then it was that morning when I got up, and I just said, I'm done with this. I can't do it anymore. I just don't care for it. I really don't care. And you know what? I said to myself the next morning, do you know what? I'm going to carry on. I'm just going to do it and not care on the outcome i'm just going to follow the process and that's literally what i did and that was when i was like i got annoyed at myself that i then started doing well because i didn't care about what the outcome was going to be and i was like so the the trick here for me is if i don't care the outcome and focus on the process i'll do well and i, I applied that simple thing to everything i do in my life just focus on the process and the outcome will come and that's literally it that is brilliant you know because so we call that we call that attachment theory Inverted okay. commas. It's really interesting, actually. If I can just comment on what you're saying, the the way we describe it is the more passionate we get about something, or in, you can put any word in there. So interested. Um, I don't know what else. Attached. Attached. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, example would be what you've just described. The the less the the, the trick the trick, if you like, is finding how to still have enthusiasm for something without attaching your self-worth to it mm-hmm. so that there's this fear around, you know, criticism or I'm not going to make it or whatever. And it's a really interesting thing that it just it just liberates you, like what you've just yeah. described, to actually be the best of version of you. And if you're actually good at something, then it allows you to really sort of shine in that area. But it doesn't, we can't actually get to that point if we're just really, really attached. And so I'd like to ask you, Adrian, is that, is there a thing that happens when you're working with, as a mindset coach with the traders, that if there's the fear around, I'm not going to to make the trade, I'm not going to make the money, or I'm going to lose it, the attachment to that, for their Mm -hmm. self-worth and their self-esteem or whatever it is, can get so great that they then start to go into their old programming, their old stories, their coping strategies. We find it all the time. People have a fear. Again, it's programming. You're taught from childhood not to lose anything. So don't lose the car keys. Don't lose the toys. That is so good. Don't lose your friends. Don't lose the race. The subconscious is neutral. And it says, when you say lose, it's like women want to lose weight. Well, if you do a Google search uh, uh, just for a, uh, you type in dog, you get a hundred million things about dogs and, and, and breeders and the foods and the coats and the cleaning stuff. You don't get Alsatians and puppies unless you type it in. So when you talk about losing, whether it's trade, losing money, losing friends, the subconscious says, what does that mean to mm. me? And it picks out everything that you've ever lost mm. and it puts it all together. Yeah. And your energy is attached to your emotions and to the memory. So while it's all positive and happy, then the energy flowing around through the meridians of the body 
is nice and happy and it gets put with a memory. The second it's upsetting, it gets disrupted. So if all those things you've lost have disrupted energy, when it comes back, it gets upset. And so you don't want to lose because even our language, if you lose a trade, you're a loser. And that's a painful Mm. word. You're a loser. And you go, no, I'm not. And you then start to fight against the principle to back up your corner. And so some people don't even push the button to place the trade. Some people then are keep monitoring because they don't want to lose. And when they do, they get out of trades too early because it's seen as winning. Mm-hmm. They don't let it run to take maximum profit, but in their head, they're winners. See, I may have just done a winning trade. You yeah. lost that. No, no. And it's like one-upmanship. But so we do have this self-esteem, but we also have a self-value. Mm. And the self-value is, again, another belief system based on your programming from childhood as to how much you can earn in life. And if you get near it, you end up, the coping mechanism of the subconscious creates strategies to make you fail. Mm. And then you lose a trade and you went, well, why did I do that? You put the wrong lot size. I've done this a hundred times. Why? It's your subconscious saying, Mm. "Uh uh-uh, you're not supposed to get above this line. And Sam, you had that at one point. Yeah, it's almost like self-sabotaging because you don't believe that you're worth Mm. at at that kind of value. And it's just something that seems to happen. But we worked for it and, um, yeah, just did really well off the back of it and came out on the other side. So that's where we we sum up everything we do into saying this is developing our character strength. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So whether you're a trader, the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, whatever you're doing, parenting, planes, how strong have we developed our character when we're under pressure? Mm-hmm. Now, under pressure, a situation, let's go back to the dog, under pressure, can we find that calm command? Can we stay above the line or is fear and pride going to get us, trick us, deceive us, and therefore our character strength goes below the line mm-hmm. our thinking our templates all of that goes below the line guess where our behavior goes south sure and it's perfectly normal we don't want to say right and right because like we're human beings of course we're going to have days that we're coming out of um that past templates or programming yeah. that you talk about but character strength is about recognizing it and that's where we get to this over overused word of self-awareness Have we got the awareness? And like so many people are blind. They have no idea. They've they've not been around what we've talked about today. And I hope for listeners that if we can encourage you in any of this for for listeners is to say, how is my character and behavior going? Mm -hmm. And if it's not comfortable, because your body knows, your body doesn't lie. Mm -hmm. Your body knows when you're uncomfortable. Your body knows when you've gone south. And you'll have habits. You'll be able to feel it, but you'll also have coping habits from your body. And if people go, what's happening for me? My behavior is not as effective. My my character, maybe I'm coming out of fear and pride. Now, do I have the strength to admit that to myself? Can I admit that to myself? And can I go, now I'm going to rise above. I'm going to come above the line and start to look at this courageous humility and growth-driven love. And this framework that we give people allows them to identify the behaviours that are above the line 
and the behaviours that are below the line. And this is where we're seeing sure. hundreds of, we've got data of over 100,000 respondents now of people. Um, it's just incredible watching this happen around the globe. And like, if, if you're struggling in your relationship, you're struggling in your leadership, you're struggling in your job, it's, it, this is an opportunity for people to come back and say, how does this apply to my life? Mm. How does this apply to my relationship? Some people are struggling, you know, with their relationships and husbands and wives or partners are just not getting along. And sometimes if you just unwrap that, step away from the behaviour and go back to saying, what's actually driving it? And what's driving it can be, as we've said, these principles, but it can also be some old habits, some old templates, some old truths. And um, it's just really a great opportunity for people to discover what's happening in my character. And when my character can get aligned to what is real truth, find the gold within. Yeah, 100%. And isn't that what partnership should be, that, that we Absolutely. can encourage the gold within? I, th- I think we're, the world now is in uh, a point where there is great change for for hundreds of years, it's get out, get working. Process is go to school, get an education. They go to college, then go to university, get a good qualification, you're guaranteed a good job. Then get a partner, then get a flat, get a house, have a couple of kids. That's your life plan. And you think, hang on a minute, everything is focused on the materialistic world and not on the heart, where your emotions are. When you get out of your head and into your heart mm-hmm. is when you open up. So part of our course here, I do a technique called silence the mind. So not meditation. I said the Western world is getting stuck in materialistic things. Asia, the Far East, they've had meditation as part of their culture. Why? Because when you shut down your senses, you have to go internal and then you become one with your true self. And that's, if you talk about, if you talk about quantum physics, we are 99.999% not here. We're energy. Mm. Yet we focus on the point zero 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 one percent which is the physical world, and wonder why we don't know everything. When you shut out the external stimulus, and I was going to ask you how, how you get on with people, because everything is so fast. Everything was in the head. You know, you've got to have business, you've got to have money, you've got to finance, you've got da 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 You're talking about going in the heart. So culturally... Everybody's been taught to gain things, get bigger cars, bigger houses, the, the latest clothing, the, the, the Armani suits, the watches, and all that sort of stuff. What you're telling people is to get out of your head and now go into your heart, which culturally is a big change for a lot of people because it's not seen to be manly. <laughs> you know, you're going, what are you doing? You're worse, you know. So people are now fixated by their phones. They're fixated by laptops and they, everything is instantaneous gratification. What you're telling people to do is stop with all of that, turn it off and go in and look at yourself, which is why I say this time in, in the evolution of the planet, people are starting to get out of their head and go into their heart. Mm-hmm. So they want to meditate or mindfulness now. I teach a technique that stops the brain thinking in seconds literally seconds, which resets the amygdala, which is part of the fight or flight. And everybody calms down. And all the chemicals 
uh, cortisol, epinephrine in the brain shut down and everybody goes, ah, this is nice. But people don't give themselves that quality of time. Yeah, it's and like life, one of the things we talk about in the book is life is an end, A-N-D. We are an end. We've got our, our mobile phone and we can find our place to meditate or find our place to centre ourselves. Um, we are above the line and below the line. So it, it's not like we're, we're saying let's completely switch off and, and on these different... Let's be as holistic as we can. Body, soul, and spirit. Let's let's find our way of being able to enjoy whatever whatever we're doing in life, whatever job we've got. This is where we talk with business leaders, and we say, "What's the purpose beyond profit? Mm-hmm. We've got to make a profit. <clears throat> we've got to get a job and get paid. But what's your purpose beyond that?" Now we say to people who are employed, "What's your passion beyond pay? Mm-hmm. What's your passion beyond get your paycheck?" But what's the passion beyond that? I don't mind an Armani suit, but if that's what's going to give me identity, mm. if that's an outside-in mm. identity, I'm living from pride, ego yeah. pride. I've got to have the Armani suit to look cool. But if I've worked hard and I'm, I'm holistic and I'm giving back to the planet and giving back to others and I've made a lot of money and go and buy an Armani suit, mm. I'm going to enjoy that suit from the inside out because Absolutely. I found yeah. my gold. Sure. And I found my humility and I found my character strength to be above the line. I don't mind wearing an Armani suit or having a nice car and a big house. But when it's an outside-in gratification, it it doesn't last. And it eventually becomes a false sense of security, a false sense of identity. Now, I know that we've we've all been around this. Uh, We started this this business in 1987, right? So can you imagine that was when Wall Street was the number one movie? Our our mission statement was developing soul and business in the 80s. So we were laughed out of boardrooms. Yeah, absolutely. Right, absolutely laughed out of boardrooms. But fortunately, we had a few leaders who were courageous then and listened and went like, I've I've made all this money. I'm living like, you know, a king and I'm not happy. So that's where we, we started yeah. from, and we would run programs that were indoor and using the outdoor environment because I'm a mad mountaineer and I would take people into the outdoors, into the wilderness, and learn leadership and personal development skills. Sure. But there wasn't a tool to measure character and to describe what we're talking about today. So that's where in 1994, Mara and I decided together, let's create a tool, not a personality profile. We don't need another personality profile, as good as they are. We needed, where we saw, even in the 80s, we saw the leaders who were fed income, the leaders who people wanted to follow came from the heart. Their, Their whole purpose was around the heart and the character. This is in the 80s. So that's where we got together in 1994 and said, let's develop a tool that's going to measure character and come from the heart. Well, we thought it would take us three or four years. I'm married to a PhD. I couldn't keep afford. You got a couldn't have, yeah. yeah. What do they say? Yeah. Mara's the psychotherapist. I'm the psycho and she's the therapist. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, 
Yeah. It the took race, 18 years work. It took 18 years of research and development and understanding these principles and searching the behaviours and the questions. When people buy the book, they get a free online. They go online and do the Heart Styles Indicator. Okay. And they get a free one when, when the book comes out. It's not coming out till the 23rd of January in the UK, 7th of January in the US. Um, and, and, and what we did is we researched 18 years and developed the tool. So in 2012, the tool was statistically validated and all of that. And since then, organisations that might have laughed at me in the, in the 80s are now adopting this mm -hmm. philosophy throughout their whole business from the CEO to the front line, not just for leaders, it's a life tool. So we call it a life indicator, mm -hmm. not a type indicator. Type indicators are measuring your personality type and they have their place. But this is about how I'm orientating to life. And that's where, you, you know, you see that, see that I think the world, I know the world is more susceptible and more ready for this because mm -hmm. everywhere we, we've just in Russia three weeks ago, teaching heart styles in Russian. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've got the United Nations thing in our ear where you've got two people in a booth. We speak in English. Yeah, translate, yeah. Translating. The whole and and people in Russia are just going. This is changing my life. This is a game changer. Cool. So, good. You know, I think especially in places where in Russia is quite regimental, isn't it? So yeah. having something where it's a bit more eye opening is going to make that difference. But I think businesses are becoming a lot more open to this. Um, my business partner Matt uh, Matthew Wright, he's um, head of data science um, at Tencent, which is larger than Facebook, and. They uh, were trialing some software, and he said, let's try it, Samuel and Co., at the same time. I'm trying to think what it's called now. Um, it's what a lot of um, sport, sporting experts use. And you, we basically we have a, a heart reader that comes onto our chest. Uh, we have one that comes onto um, the back of our hand and one that comes onto our, onto our brain. And we lay down for um, three minutes and it measures our heart rate um, and also our brain waves as well. And then the system that comes out of it at the end, it gives us a report and tells us um, what our stress levels are, um, wh where our performance is, it even tells you like cardiovascular. So for example, we tested it, we like, would go for a run and then do it and see if it picked up on yeah. that. And it does, it tells you where the weaknesses are within your body and it allows us to uh, track the, the team at Samuel Co of on a monthly readership, you can see from a portal how's our staff doing on a performance basis based off of where their readings are showing them. And it was just something that for us that we, we trialed and we thought this is, this is amazing that we can see this. And one of them, in fact, two instances that we've done this, um, uh, one individual, um, it kept saying, please remain still, please remain still. And this person was laying dead still, not moving. And we thought there's something wrong with this. And his heart rate was going all over the place. And I said to him straight after, he flagged up red, not healthy, dangerous. And we said, you need to go to the hospital right now. Had his heart tested and uh, wasn't far away from having major issues with the heart. And just because of doing that test, he ended up making a big difference to the individual's life and it happened twice it happened what one person actually um went there and they was something silly like three or four weeks potentially away from a heart attack mm. and it, that just just doing that one internal test wow. made a difference yeah. and 
obviously the stress levels for senior staff must be all time highs, and especially board level and stuff like that. And so having these checks, which is something where you'd literally put a couple of sensors on, you lay down on an iPad, it reads it for three minutes and gives you a report. Fantastic. And we did it to another individual. And again, same thing. I'm thinking, oh no, this is round two of this. And you're not allowed to say anything because we're not medical experts. So you have to say, um, we just would like to say that you should take the day off today and go to the hospital. The reading's not that great, you know. And uh, went down and um, wasn't his heart, it was his kidney. And changed his whole diet. And he works here, he works in this company. I won't mention him because he might not want me to. But I mean, I mean, you said anything, that's fascinating. So we tried to hit that aspect of like the performance and the physicalities of what your brain's reading and then also the mindset side as well. Mm. And you're saying what kind of like what's your what's your goal past bottom line and, and profits? And initially it was um, when I started to trade, it was so difficult to find an authentic company to go in and work with. So it was like, let's not only teach these people to trade, let's get them to be profitable, making money, but then also change their mindset for future growth and where they go from there. And a lot of the people that are here have then gone off and they, they trade here and then they've gone off and been entrepreneurial and gone and done something they never thought of doing. So we have people like restaurant owners here. Um, we have people that own different businesses and they still they still trade here. And it's the core of where it was kind of founded. So it's quite, it's an interesting approach. But I think most companies now definitely, maybe not throughout the whole organizations, but definitely senior levels are, are taking into account these um, different kind of tests that we have. And it's something we probably should do more of. You put a little bit of um, water on it so that it makes them, um, like your body pick it up. Conductivity. Uh, yeah. yeah. And you yeah. can see all your brain waves and everything. And at the end of it, and you can see you can see month on month whether or not you're improving or maintaining or being stable or if you've then become unstable. And you can quite simply say, what's what's changed in the mm-hmm. last couple of weeks or something? Mm-hmm. You know, they may have, and you would never, you never physically see it by looking at them. You'd never go, God, that person's going through a hard time. But then as soon as you see it, you recognize it and can go sit with a mindset coach and you know go work things out and talk about it and open up that doorway and it's it's nice to actually see people on a reading you can see like your staff and yeah. overall performance on the on the scale it's quite nice yeah that's a great story yeah, um, great we story. hope likewise that our indicator helps uh give people insight for transformation yeah and it gives them an insight to how they're operating it's amazing when you measure it you can manage it and when, when you see a, a report in writing, you go, yep, yeah, I, I knew that, but uh, I need to do something about it. It's like this person with the heart. They probably yeah. knew they were unhealthy, mm-hmm. but when they get a result, it, it's a catalyst for them mm-hmm. to make change. Yeah. And that's what you know, we're hoping that the, the people who, who do the indicator and get them, it's just a catalyst for them to, and I know this is so overused, but to, to be the best version of themselves. Yeah. And how can we help unlock that when we're so blind? We, we sort of know something's not right, but I needed a test or, or yeah. a report to actually tell me. And, you know, that's our, our heart's desire here with, with what we're doing. You know, we've been doing this for over 30 years, and we're at a point now where with this book coming out and people being able to go online and do a free indicator that it helps unlock them to be their best, to find their the best version of themselves for, for you for you guys with the indicator is it something that you're looking at in the future maybe to implement so they can actually log into a portal and see um, a way of measuring it or is that oh yeah we've got so that, many that's so all many available ideas. now yeah. yeah 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 that's all available for for the individual they can track their journey they can do it every year amazing and people people are incredible 
they just they they need to be unlocked from sure. the, those triggers and templates and find that goal. But we need to encourage one another. We're not meant to do it alone. We're tribal. Yeah. So, mm. so how can we, as as husband and wife, or partners, or in a team, how can we encourage and see that someone's just had a bad trade? And sure. how can we encourage them? Say, so you'll be right, mate. You know, yeah. We'll get that, again, it's cultural because everybody's told to sort of control your emotions. Mm. Yes. Yeah, it's opening up. People mm-hmm. think they're they're weak yeah. or they're vulnerable, and so they don't. The question I was going to ask: You said thirty years of uh, working with this is this something that once you understand the process you just continually keep doing it or if they stop doing it how easy do they fall back into their old ways you have some fantastic <laughs> questions I, i'd like some mindset coaching from you great you must make a lot of difference uh, in other people's people. lives adrian it's yeah. really great yeah so thank you that's a great question um well, I, th- I think when I, you know, I spoke, spoke, speak to myself, um, I think when you have an understanding that some of your behaviour is actually a coping strategy yeah. and you start to understand you, and you, you then um, co- you start to correlate what are the triggers, what needs to happen in my environment for me to go below the line. So my big sure. thing, what a surprise, is striving, perfectionistic. Okay. Which is all childhood, of course, mm-hmm. childhood stuff. That's that's another red wine discussion. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll get rid of, oh, through yes. a lot of red wine. A lot of red wine. <laughs> oh, actually, be having a sadly, now. sadly, even funnier was that when I was a neuropsychologist, my expertise was in alcohol-related brain damage, oh, right. which was fantastic at dinner parties when people go, oh, what do you do? I'm like, ah, well, see that alcoholic drink that you're holding there? I can tell you how many brain cells you've just killed off, yeah. but I won't say anything right now. Yeah. Um, yeah killer at dinner parties yeah. <laughs> um, so w- when for me I have learned that my body and this is I guess from what you also been saying today too our bodies can't lie to us our neocortex is the biggest liar on the planet because it's trying to do the protective thing so it dampens down um, or doesn't allow us to correlate our physical responses to an old template Generally, the positive ones we might feel, but we don't correlate, oh, I'm feeling like this because I've just had a a memory of something really Mm -hmm. good. Um, When you can correlate that what what needs to happen in my environment that can trigger me to go into a coping strategy like, Mm -hmm. for me, perfectionism, I can then start to look into my environment and, like, plan ahead. Sure. And think about, okay, so if it's a type of situation where I think someone's criticising me, because I get very attached and passionate about something um, and I've got to do everything really, really well. And, I okay, so who are the types of people that that can trigger, that situation can trigger in me? What are the situations? And if I can actually start to look in my environment and say, okay, that's probably going to do something to me. So instead of just blindly going into it, think about what happens for me and what needs to occur for me to start to go into coping mode. Then what's my alternative? If I didn't have that coping strategy, what is it that I'm trying to achieve? Well, I actually want to do something with excellence. So as you get to learn a couple of things, what your triggers are, what your physiological and emotional reactions are, 
because as we know, they're, ones, yeah. they're absolutely embedded viscerally yeah. in our body. Understand what that then signals. So for me, I've worked out that my striving thing is like a tennis ball in my chest. So I do have a wonderful husband that when I'm sort of wandering around looking extremely efficient yeah. and my, I'm looking, you know, I, I think I'm being highly achievement driven and really beautifully efficient, but I'm probably scaring the pants off everyone in a vortex of 20 feet around me all going, <gasps> she's in perfectionistic mode. Cause I'm like, I have to get it done now, now, now. Um, I actually have learned that to drop everything in my mind and actually focus as soon as I feel that, that experience in my chest, I'm like, so you feel that a almost like a physical yeah. tennis ball type thing. Yes. It? So what okay. we have learned uh, and what we do, and I do one on one coaching, but also in, in groups, is that all of our old templates, positive and negative, have a corresponding physiology. Of all the six physiological responses, mm. they're in every tribe of yeah. every culture on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. So we will have, so when we create a template, so, and we describe a template as uh, an experience that becomes a memory mm -hmm. that then gets filed in our filing cabinet in our yep. brain, in our amygdala area, we'll call it the limbic system. Um, it can lie dormant, it gets filed away in our filing cabinet. But the thing about it is, is I just think this is absolutely fascinating. When a memory that goes from your experience into your deep hard drive filing cabinet, it gets stored not only with the memory and the emotions, but it gets stored with the physiology Correct. Yeah. that went with it. Sure. It's so strange hearing this because I hear the exact same stuff from Adrian. It's yeah. just, it's like a, a mirror. Right. Yeah, I'm like, this is a mirror. This is a mirror of exactly what he's... Because it's true. Yeah. It's, like, it's incredible. Like, there's nothing new under the heavens. It's just discovering that and being able to, to, to communicate yeah. in a modern world in a way that's connecting because sure. this is ancient wisdom. Mm. Absolutely. We're not, we're not yeah, that clever. We're not that but clever. he's trying this to get is... out of the material world. Yeah. Yes. And you're talking about people now looking inside. How do you feel? Well, people aren't comfortable with that feeling. And you talk about that ball. From my work, I've actually found people create what we call a heart wall, an actual defense mechanism mm. around the heart mm. so they don't even go near to yeah. something. It's so it's painful. a protection. Yep. And that can be feet deep yes. in, technically. Yeah. But here's a question for you. With all of this, all of this work that you've done with all of these people, yeah. is there anything that you've not been able to clear in yourself? Oh. That's a great question. You, another great question. We're all well, sorry. First of all, it's a great it's question. Great. Look, no, we're all no, in it together, we're, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, you know the old adage is healer first, healer. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah that, that's So right. I always say, yeah. is there something that yeah, that the, the yeah. well, yeah, the striving like that wasn't an accident. I accidentally came up with that idea <laughs> or an example. No, no, that that for me is that's an ancient. Uh, I worked out it's about it, it happened when I was about three. Okay, and. Um, yeah, so for me, it's a it, that ball is like a visceral, it's a visceral what, thing. What does that ball mean to you? At the age of three, is that a protection? Is that a uh, it's shock? Okay. So, oh, do you want to hear the story on it? Um, 
it depends how much time we've got. I mean, we're, 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 we're nearly you know, yeah. <laughs> okay, red wine. Well, we're yeah. saving, red wine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it was a. It was. Yeah. We're getting a counselling session. We're getting counselling. <laughs> so yes, to answer your question, um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm still in my in pro- the process of becoming. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. I have had like a lot of people. We've all got our stories. For me, some of my journey has been that I've had to have a two by four in the head. Um, through physical illness that have caused me to really... You know, so I've had cancer quite a few times um, and the three big times that, you know, twice it almost killed me, but medical technology is a wonderful thing and mm-hmm. I'm still wow. here. Um, but having to look at your own mortality when you're quite young is pretty full on. Yeah, yeah. Um, the first time when I was 21... I, I did, wasn't very noble. I went into absolute protection mode and, and aggressive. This will never happen again. Sure. The second time when I was 30, when it was deemed um, inoperable, stage four, um, I found something in myself. I went out of the material and I, I found something in a, a spiritual realm that helped me decide to let go of the outcome. And when I, it's a long story, but when I let go of that, that helped me a lot to overcome a lot of that perfectionistic, I've got to hold on, I've Mm -hmm. got to fight, because Mm -hmm. you fight in a different way. That's another story. But the residues of of that still, I still get triggered. And my fallback, uh, oh, there's two actually for me, sarcasm, Mm -hmm. that's from my family. (laughs) I come from an Italian Italian, family. place in Italy, of course it is, it's a city, it's sort of the atheist capital of Italy and the sarcasm capital of Italy. So even though I've got a wonderful Australian accent, I am Italian sarcasm personified. So that's my go-to. If I go into fear, I can try to deflect by, um, you know, shutting someone down at the knees Uh, or the the perfectionistic striving thing. Yeah. Such such an interesting topic, isn't it? So it's something that, like I said, I think for trading and the world of finance is is so, I don't think you'd see mainstream firms doing it at the moment. And it's something for us that as soon as we started doing it, we just started noticing it started to change people's lives. Mm. And Mm, it's something I don't think we would ever, ever really change. It's, It's amazing. We Part, one of the most parts of uh, trading we say is you know it's probably about 80 percent in the mind mm-hmm. of how you perform it's only 20 percent technical clicking a button buy and sell is that's fine and doing your research is not that difficult yeah. in the great scheme of things it's do i need money because if i do i'm going to be fearful of what my positions are or um has someone made more than me and i need to beat them and it's greed mm-hmm. and it's all of that kind of stuff that comes in on a day-to-day basis with trading that that we try to uh, fix. I think this has been an absolute fascinating conversation. We're about yeah. an hour, hour and ten minutes we've yeah, done. That, right. There you yeah, go. we've gone amazing. Well, I think, like, and you're Thank you're you. obviously dealing with money. Like, yeah, you know, it's you know, with the classic money is the root of all evil, and you know, money is our security. And yeah. if we haven't found the gold within, we're going to rely on materialism and money for our security, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely, and that's where. So you're you're right at the edge with this with people when it comes yeah. to money. Yeah, I think the, the hardest part to come to terms with, I think, if you was to think about trading, so coming to terms with the fact that losing is natural. So you, you're not going to win all the time. So your day, you have a losing day, and then you have a bigger winning day. Yeah. Then you have a small losing day, and then a big winning day. And that's what we call a good trader. Someone right. that wins and loses is normal and that's that that's trying to get that concept into your mind you know for example 70 percent win ratio is seen as high so that means 30 percent of yeah. my year mm-hmm. is going to be losing 
So once you understand that, it's, it's such a it's such a strange concept because if you break it down and go, I'm building a wall today. I'm going to lay this brick and this brick and this brick and this brick, and I've 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 built a wall that's you know 50, 60 bricks, and at the end of the day, I'm going to smash it with a hammer and I'm going to knock six of them out. And then the next day, I'm going to start again and pick them back up and carry on building. And that's what it is because you make a bit of money, you lose a bit of money. You can have a great morning and then in the afternoon lose it all and more. Yeah. And you think, wow, I've just knocked my entire brick wall down that I've just built. And that mental hurdle is such a thing of like, I think if you're good at trading and you have that resilience, you really get the mindset behind it because it takes so much. If you used to think that you was that guy building the wall and some guy came over and knocked six bricks down and said, carry on, mm. you're doing well. What? <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's yeah. a strange, it's yeah, a strange it's, thought process. It is, it is a great mindset to shift. And if you look at the word pride, the middle letter is I. Mm. If you look at the word of anxiety, the middle letter is I. Mm. So if I, 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 I is in the middle of everything, you're going to end up with anxiety. Okay, sure. And that's where... But it's, it's, it's the it's, pressure. People, 87% of the population don't like working nine to five. So they want, they want the money, they want the speed, they want, they see it from sports people earning hundreds of thousands mm, a week. Yeah. They want it, they see the cars, the lifestyle, they want it now. So they want to do trading. I don't want to do a nine to five job. I want to trade and make money. When they don't, they've got all this mm. cultural backlog of programming in their brain that sort of stops them. And then they sort of get all anxiety. Then they get angry and then they throw things around and then they can't control their emotions because they want the physical and they don't deal with the emotional mm. side, which is mm. why we yeah. cover it on the course yeah, to deal with that. Yeah. So I've got a couple so, of quick fire questions for okay. you before we wrap up. So our listeners absolutely love uh, trading, mindset, entrepreneurship, and business. So from a mindset point of view, what's some quick tips? You know, if I was to ask for a couple of tips of how they could you know, potentially maybe start their day or go and have a, you know, a, a better outlook on life, what kind of tips would you give them? Uh, well, first we talk about below the line, above the line. There's something we call beyond the line. Okay. So the, the first tip to me is to get out and say, like, today is not about me. Today is about making a difference, my purpose beyond profit, my uh-huh. passion beyond pain. That immediately shifts you. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the ways of getting up in, in the day and say, what's beyond the line? Why, what, if, I make, if I'm a trader, I'm making money, but what, what's the purpose behind that? Okay. So live from purpose, live from passion rather than just the here and now, the pay and the profit. Perfect. Awesome. And you start? <laughs> well, mine's a little bit different. Um, I would like people to think about the next time that you encounter someone who's in a foul mood or they're really negative or whatever, the only reason any of us are defensive is because we have perceived a real or perceived threat Mm -hmm. to us and so we're becoming defensive towards that so if you can actually look beyond the behavior of someone who's defensive or not the best that they can be and look into the heart and ask the question what is happening for that person what might be happening for that person you and possibly they will actually have a far better day sure Interesting. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Great. It's been absolutely Great. awesome yeah, having yeah, you thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. It's yeah. been wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Thank it's been you amazing. for having us. Yeah, so um, if these guys want to find out more about what you guys are doing and how they can get in contact if they've got questions or you know anything they want to find out from you, where do they go? And 
Yeah. Right. Well, the website is heartstyles.com. Um, the book is called Above the Line, Living and Leading with Heart. It can be pre-ordered on amazon.co.uk or amazon.com. Um, and it's available in January. Um, and you can drop us a line through our website, heartstyles.com. Amazing. So, guys, that's it. What a great way to start the year with Above the Line. Make sure you get that in your Christmas basket so that you can start out in 2020 with a new mindset. Absolutely fantastic. That's a great way to go. So, guys, you know that I love books, so it's definitely one to um, on my recommendation list if you want to work with your mindset and you know helping you perform better, and um, should I say helping you perform above the line and um, going from there. So, guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, we have got some awesome guests coming up. I'm not going to um, mention any names, so just stay tuned for the next one. Um, our next guest is next Friday and is a very interesting story behind that as well. So, guys, thank you so much. And, um, guys, make sure you share on uh, Spotify, iTunes, and share with your friends if um, you found uh, this podcast very educational and helpful to you. Thank you so much.